I'm Amber. And I'm Leslie. And you're listening to The Grim Mystics. You didn't do the intro. (laughs) (laughs) That can be our jibber jabber. (laughs) I keep forgetting the damn intro. Take two. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to keep that part in there. That'll be fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'll move some things around. (laughs) All right. Well, we are here for another episode. Lucky 13. Lucky 13. Yeah. Um, Huh. Kind of fitting that this one is the one. Um, Now, I was super vague, and I think. I'm going to assume that Wendy was just busy because her daughter graduated because there was yeah. nothing. <laughs> yeah, nobody nobody said anything. No, so either I did a really good job or we're, we're losing that spark on our clues. So I'm hoping that I just did a really good losing. job. We're not losing. Yeah. You did a great job. We're not losing shit. Just ever. overwhelmed everybody <laughs> with how good my clue was. <laughs> exactly. So did you have any thoughts no. Did I say anything that jumped out that, of a case that was just in your noggin? I feel like as soon as you start to tell me, I'm going to be like, oh, but sitting here at 7.38 p.m. as we speak, no, <laughs> I've got nothing. <laughs> all right. Well, let me give the sightings for all the things. Yes. So I watched Dateline NBC. They have a show called Something Wicked. The best. So I watched an episode on that. There's also a book that gets preferenced in that documentary by Dateline. So I looked up some information from that. I told Craig, I just, I think I need to get a Kindle because I find all this interesting stuff, but like, I don't, I I don't have, in the town I live in and in the town you live in, there's no like Barnes and Noble, there's no bookstore, like nothing. So, and then I can at least like buy the books like right then and there when I am starting my research and, you know, can do it that way. When Smooth My Balls comes in clutch, that'll be the first (laughs) investment. That'll be one of our purchases. (laughs) Well, until then. Until then, we're just going to keep, keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep Googling books and reading what we're allowed to read. Um, So I did read a little bit from excerpts of The Savage Murder of Skylar Niece by Daylene Barry and Jeffrey Fuller. And then I did watch something from the Dominion Post, which is like a West Virginia like news station. Mm. Um, and it was a video called Five Years Later. So I have a guess. What's the guess? Is this the Slender Man killings? No, <sighs> but this one gets confused with that one a okay, lot. Okay. Yes. So there's the Slender Man killings where they're younger girls. Yeah. And someday I'm sure we'll talk about that one. And then this one... They're older and like social media is still important, which is why my clue kind of led that way. Okay. So, Skylar Niece was born oh, on February. Didn't, I oh. didn't say where we're going. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm so bad at this. Okay. It's like we've <laughs> never done this before. Leslie, where are we going on the map? <laughs> Today, Amber, we're going to Star City, West Virginia. Correct. Correct. All right. So, now. <laughs> Skylar Niece was born on February 10th, 1996, in Morgantown, West Virginia. Now, Morgantown and Star City are nine minutes away from each other. Okay. So, Star City is this teeny tiny town with, like, one stoplight. Like, it's small. 
So my assumption is that it's kind of like Star City, and then you have to go to Morgantown for things. Like, I think it's one of those okay, yeah. places. So Dave and Mary, niece, described their daughter as a smart, happy, sweet girl. Um, she was actually one of the top girls in her class all through her education. Mm-hmm. She also had a childhood best friend um, named Morgan, who spoke of Skylar and the plans that they had. You know, they met when they were very young girls, so those plans obviously evolved as they grew older. But right before they went into high school, they couldn't stop talking about going to college together, um, you know, meeting their husbands, being in each other's weddings and their future children. You know, all the things that you think of when you're that age and life, you know, hasn't changed or tainted you. And that's just how you assume your progression will go. That gives me the feels because like we had those conversations when we were like in high school, Mm -hmm. you know, so... Mm-hmm. That gives me all the feels for Morgan and Skyler. Yeah, um, there's a part at the end that I actually like cried. Oh no! I've never done that. Looking up a case, and it, I heard, like the video played, and I actually like made noise, like made noise, and then cried, and it was it just totally threw me off. <sighs> and I think it's just because like their friendship reminds me a lot of our friendship. <sighs> I know. <laughs> I'm <laughs> so... not prepared. <laughs> Well, we have a whole couple pages before we get to the crying part. Okay. Um, (laughs) So the girls were going into high school in 2011. I know. And it's when we graduated high school. So it like totally. Okay. Totally (laughs) fucked me up. (laughs) Okay. I'm ready for this. So the girls were going into high school in 2011 and began to drift slightly. Like, you know, some friends do. We were very lucky. We didn't have a drift moment from middle school to high school. Even with you going to a different school our freshman year, um, we still, we had a really tight bond. So that's where it like differed a little bit and it helped my my mental health. (laughs) Yeah, we were toy like a toyga. Yeah, toy like a toyga. So, you know, Morgan's hanging out with different friends who are very focused in academics and, you know, just trying, being good, good girls um, is kind of what Morgan grew up with. You know, she didn't do a lot of partying or anything like that. Skylar found a group of girls that were kind of the opposite and they were a little bit more focused on partying, um, a little less focused on school. Even though Skylar did not let that affect her, she was still, you know, very high in her class. She was definitely getting into a little bit more trouble. Her parents said it was just normal teenage things, you know, you kind of expect your kid to kind of go out and explore and push the boundaries a little bit as they get into high school. So Skylar's new friends um, were named Sheila Eddy and Rachel Schof. The three were inseparable their freshman year. So everywhere they went, you know, the others, one went, the others came. Dave and Mary explained that the girls were so close that Sheila and Rachel didn't even knock when they came over. They just came in. Oh. You know, they called them their other parents. So literally still like us, you know, yeah. your, I call your mom mom still. You call my parents that as well. Like, yeah, very much so. Um, just they were additional family. So... You know, Skylar's hanging out, uh, trying to expand a little bit more in her friend group and, you know, uh, push the boundaries of what her parents will let her do. The summer of their sophomore year, on July 5th, 2012, Skylar came home from her evening shift at Wendy's. And I found this really interesting, too. In the documentary, her parents said that she loved her job. Like, 
she wanted to get a job when she learned how to drive. She That was her choice. Her parents didn't necessarily make her. And she just had a great time at her job at Wendy's. And I think everyone's worked jobs that they haven't enjoyed. I worked at a pizza place. So I worked at the, you know, the more fast food industry and I hated it. Mm-hmm. I go, when I go to fast food places, I try to be above and beyond like even my normal politeness because I couldn't do that. I couldn't take someone's order and talk to someone in a window and like I I couldn't do it. Like crazy multitasking skills. Yeah. And and the attention span and people are assholes. Um, So I thought that was even like cute. Like she loved she loved her job. She loved going to work. She loved the new independence that she had with driving and having a job and all of that stuff. So on July 5th, 2012, she came home from her evening shift at Wendy's kissed her mom and dad goodnight, and went to bed. And she actually had a tweet. So all of the people involved, Twitters, are still up. So I did my... That's also, I should cite, their fucking Twitters. I, I think I was on their Twitter for two and a half hours today, just like going back and reading shit. How fun. So this is Skylar's last tweet that she ever posted, and it is still up if you're interested in looking at it. I am. It's, <laughs> I actually followed them. So you follow me on Twitter yeah. so you can find them super easy peasy. Yeah. Okay. So she posted, you doing shit like this is why I'll never trust you. That was her last tweet. Ooh, the subtweet. Mm-hmm. See, I would like, okay, 2012, I wasn't 16. But if I was their age, you know, I'd be like, oh, she's talking about a dude. Mm-hmm. Like for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. That'd be my first bet. That's kind of what I think of too, right? Like you just have petty posts. Yeah. Like. All everyone who has social media at a young age did it. Everyone did. Yep. So exactly. We don't know what it's about. We don't know, you know, why, but she was feeling those feelings in her last tweet. So the next morning, her parents go to work and it's normal for them not to see Skylar before they go to work. She sleeps in. She does evening shifts usually at Wendy's. So she'll sleep in and kind of just hang out in her room and all of that. Yeah. She's on summer vacation. Exactly. And she's a 16 year old. I remember my dad came home once because my mom was worried because I wasn't answering the phone and I was like literally sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) And it was like like, noon. Yeah. (laughs) My dad was like, get the fuck up. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, it's. It's, it's it's normal teenage behavior. Yeah. Dave came home for lunch, and this was something that he did frequently, too. He always came home for lunch, and him and Skylar would hang out on his lunch break, and then he'd go back to work. When Dave got home, Skylar wasn't home. So he freaked out and called Mary and was like, we need to call the cops. She's not home. Well, Mary was like, you need to calm down. She's 16. She's got her driver's license. Like, she's got friends. It's summer. All the things. Like, she's, you know, she's like, she's got a a shift at Wendy's at four o'clock tonight. If we'll call them at four and see if she's gotten there and then we'll have a conversation with her when she gets home from her shift that, you know, she needs to tell us where she is. Seems reasonable. Well, the call never happened because Wendy's actually called Dave and Mary because Skylar was actually normally early to her shifts. That was pretty frequent for her. And she had she didn't come early. So they didn't even have like at four o'clock. They didn't even have a chance to call. Oh, my gosh. I know. No wonder she liked it. They obviously like looked out for each other and cared for each other mm-hmm. that they would be like, she's not here early. Yeah. We need to make sure she's OK. Yeah. It sounds like a, a very it put Wendy's in a really good light. <laughs> I do love their spicy chicken sandwiches. I mean, I like their chicken nuggies for sure. They changed their barbecue sauce, so that's a little bit of a bummer. But other than that, (laughs) you get a frosty and dip a chicken nuggie in, though, and you're good to go. You're set for life, huh? (laughs) Yep. (laughs) So Dave and Mary called the police after Wendy's called. And 
it's I feel like every time we talk about these, it's the same shit, right? They call the police. Police say, well, it hasn't been 24 hours. Are you sure she didn't run away? And I get both sides. I get why police think that way, because probably a lot of what they deal with is runaways. However, does this Joe Schmo police officer know Skylar better than her fucking parents? Right. If a parent says something is off, something is off. Yeah, I feel like even if it is a runaway, I mean, something needs to change. Because like you said, we hear this all the time. We hear this like they said it was a runaway, so they didn't do anything for 24 hours. And we know that those 24 hours are crucial. Mm -hmm. And it's like something needs to change for sure. Yeah. So unfortunately, they had a little bit of this tango. But fortunately... One officer had a weird gut feeling. Again, this is a small one stoplight town. Like nothing happens in this town like this. And that officer's name was Officer Colbank. And she actually started doing an investigation ahead of what the tar- department kind of normally did. Oh, shit. Yeah. So she kind of was like, well, like this is weird. And they were just, the parents were so adamant. Like it didn't happen. It did. Like she's not a runaway. She loves where she lives she loves her job like there there's nothing there are no boy like you know there's nothing like pulling her anywhere else yeah they one million percent knew their kid yeah the type of relationship that i think every parent hopes for with their children they had it so officer colbank started to kind of pull in an investigation so she went to the niece apartment complex and there she found that there was a stool moved underneath Skylar's bedroom window and the screen was taken out of the window so there was a stool and the screen was gone to Skylar's bedroom she also requested surveillance video from the apartment complex um, that was pointed at the parking lot she looked at the surveillance video um, with some other officers and it showed that Skylar had left the apartment around midnight willingly it was just her crossing the street and she got into this car now the picture was so bad and the car was parked far enough away that you can't really make out like a maker model it was literally you just saw her getting into a vehicle you didn't see anyone inside nothing so that's a bummer yeah and they at least knew the time around midnight because it was stamped it's true but yeah nothing nothing to lead them anywhere nothing helpful no yeah yeah so skylar's main friends we've got sheila rachel and morgan morgan actually which is the best friend who you know reminds of reminds us of us Morgan was actually away at camp so she found out her friend was missing through facebook oh no yeah And Skeela and Rachel were very involved in trying to help find Skylar. They went to searches. They were with her parents. They went to her house, very upset, and kind of consoled her parents. It's kind of like a group of, like, consoling each other. Everyone's sad, and they just need to be around each other. They, at one point, did, like, a vigil for Skylar while they were waiting for, like, waiting for news for her to come home. And everyone was there and involved. And this, like, rocked this little town. Yeah. So all summer, they everyone was just searching for Skylar. And even in the fall, school started again. So, you know, all of Skylar's friends started going back to school. The police were still actively looking. I I am impressed. Something, you're right, something does need to change with this Amber Alert stuff. However, they did not let this fall by the wayside. Like That's good. They were like, we're still actively looking. Like, nothing fell back just because there were no leads. They kept looking, and they actually got the FBI involved um, pretty early on. Oh, wow. That's really impressive. Yeah. So they got the FBI involved, and the FBI and the police department started questioning students because, I mean... 
Well, who was she around? Exactly. I mean, who would she confide in? Exactly. Yeah. And well, it's like you're back in high school. So with that, you're yeah. running around chasing rumors, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they started asking classmates what they thought happened. So the main rumor, I guess. The main rumor was that Skylar went to a party where someone might have OD'd. That was just kind of going around that someone OD'd at this party. There was never any proof of someone actually ODing, but that's what the students were saying is someone OD'd at the party. Um, No one thought to be like, oh, who was it? (laughs) No one could figure out who, but there was a rumor (laughs) that there was an OD. And there were also two people at that party who had planned on robbing a neighboring town's bank. And that did happen that night. Aggressive. Yes. And so the police are like trying to figure out, like, do these two things go together? Like, did, did Skylar accidentally hang out with one of these people who were planning on robbing the bank and maybe things went wrong there um was she the human that od'd that people knew about but didn't know who was like everyone was just wondering i guess that would make sense you're missing a body yeah and you think somebody okay all right i'll give them that (laughs) well and two you know they're also checking social media because it's the time and i mean they police still are social media is super helpful and people are saying that you know, because they were getting calls, of course, across the nation once this case became known that Skylar was seen in California, all over the place. Oh, goodness. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like the double-edged sword. They need to get that information out there. And one of these clues could be helpful, but it's also going to send you on a bunch of wild goose chases. Right. Sifting through mm-hmm. the bullshit yes. to find the good. Yeah. Exactly. So then people were thinking Skylar ran away. And they were wondering if Sheila and Rachel had helped her run away because they were, you know, her close her friends, friends and all of that stuff. So the only thing that was kind of weird with following, well, it was all weird, but following this trail, one thing that, that stood out to them was Officer Colbanks and found that Skylar's phone and ATM card had not been used since she left. Oh. So in a runaway situation... She would have used both of those. Yes. I mean, at least to withdraw all of her money whether she wanted to have it or not but there were there were no signs before she went missing that she was like collecting things i mean there were stuff there was stuff in her house she didn't bring a charger she like there was she had no plans of leaving for longer than the evening yeah she wasn't prepared yeah so it was quickly pointing that she wasn't a runaway and her phone i was thinking this right when you said that so her phone wasn't in her bedroom or anything no Mm -mm. okay but if she left willingly she would obviously take it so yeah yeah and i mean and it wasn't used since you know she i mean she sent out a last tweet and And that's it she did a couple of other things on her phone and that was it yeah so many students also pointed out to the fbi that sheila and rachel seemed to isolate from their other friends and they only spent time together which i mean they're grieving you know they were the three musketeers and they lose one of their three they held on to each other really tight but sheila's and rachel's twitters were kind of weird they were posting a lot of I mean, they're teenagers, you know, and I went through, I'm not kidding. This all happened in July of 2012. I think for Sheila's Twitter, I went back to January of 2012. Oh, shoot. And read all the way up until when they stopped. Yeah, it was hours of me reading random bullshit from a 16 year old um well it's funny like i'll get memories on my facebook from like 16 year old me and i will literally delete them because i'm like yeah me too (laughs) i do the same thing (laughs) i'm glad we're on the same page yeah no i um when i started looking for like adult jobs and stuff i like literally every day for a year would just check my memories and delete anything from like 
2011. I'm so dramatic. <laughs> Even until like 2013, I was so dramatic. Yeah. First year of college. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. So, so that's something too, though. Like when you're 16 and you have a platform that no one really looks at, yeah. you'll say whatever the hell you want. And a lot of kids too, they including with like Twitter at the time, especially, you know, parents kind of got in on Facebook yeah. and parents are now starting to get on on Instagram. Twitter is like one of those places where kids could go and just say whatever the hell they wanted oh, yeah. and not worry about repercussion of their families finding out. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I had a Twitter in t- 2013. I was I was on it when it very first started. And you're right. Like mm-hmm. it was something like I didn't have to worry about my brothers seeing because I knew they weren't mm-hmm. on it. Whereas like even MySpace, my brothers were on MySpace when I had MySpace, so I couldn't, like, go balls to the wall. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. Yeah. When you're an angsty kid, you want to say yeah. whatever the hell you want to say. And it's usually, like, for Sheila, it was mostly about pot and sleeping naked. Oh. Yeah. Um, she talked a lot about smoking pot, and it used to drive her mom nuts that she would sleep naked, and I guess her stepdad had walked in on her a couple times while she was naked. She also posted things about being excited that no one was home, because then she could walk around naked. Now, people from her school followed her. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> so a little bit of a fishing type situation. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She said a lot of off the wall stuff that I was just, it, but we all had that person in high school with social media where you would read it and be like, oh, so we're just going to talk about this today. Like, yeah. all right. Yeah. <laughs> and it could have been me. I could have been that person for some people. But yeah. No, I, I mean, yeah, that's true. We know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So what's interesting is during the investigation, you know, Sheila and Rachel are publicly spending time with Skylar's parents, but there's not a lot on their social media about Skylar after she goes missing. There are a couple things Sheila shares here and there. Um, Like there was a hashtag that was going around their town, like um, find Skylar, things like that. She would share and retweet those things, um, but really nothing. And they kind of on their online presence, at least, they went back to normal. They were posting pictures of, like, prom during the invest. I mean, and you have to. You're grieving. Yeah. You want to go through those life things. It's not like your life stops. But it was something that police were noticing. It was, it was pretty quick. Originally, too, I went back. So she went missing on July 5th, and Sheila uh, tweeted on July 8th, and there was nothing. There, there was nothing for months hmm. about Skylar missing. And if that's your best friend, you'd be like... Skylar, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, no, there was nothing for months. It was just kind of all's normal. Rachel's Twitter was a little less active. She retweeted more than she uh, actually did her own posts. Okay. So, you know, uh, just kind of dissecting their social media. So some of the tweets Sheila posted, she posted, this is the worst day of my whole life, a couple months after Skylar went missing. Okay. And then... Rachel posted a couple of weeks after, I need a mimosa or 10. When I was 16, I didn't know what the fuck a mimosa was, but <laughs> anyway. I, d- I did. My heart just, I'm, I feel for these girls. I'm assuming that they have something to do with this, so I'm not trying to get attached, but mm-hmm. you're just trying to look cool. You're trying to yeah. like impress these people from school. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah, I get it. As someone who didn't do shit, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yes see i i definitely didn't i didn't drink a lot in high school so no and then one that sheila posted that the police were kind of puzzled by she posted we really did go on three so we don't know what that means she just posted it we really did go on three mm-hmm. hmm. 
So weird tweets. So the, yeah. the the poor FBI agents and police officers, they have to immerse themselves <laughs> into this high school. They're like, they, <laughs> and they have to read a 16-year-old girl's Twitter posts. Like, they're, they yeah. were not entertaining. I'm going to tell you right now. I was, like, really – I wanted to look for this and, like, the morbid curiosity in me. I was like, let me get into a, a suspect's mind. Yeah. And so the morbid curiosity, I was just like, well – <laughs> but it was it was a little, so stupid yeah it was so stupid she talked yeah. about mcdonald's a lot and how she liked mcdonald's just stuff that like it reminds me of easy a when have you when the teacher's oh, yeah. like roman got a coke <laughs> zero coke, today yeah yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> that's how we were though <laughs> yeah but he's and the teacher's like you really don't need to write down everything it is not this beautiful masterpiece that you think it is <laughs> yeah that, that's all that kept playing in my head. I was like, he's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, of course, the police are questioning students, and they're questioning them multiple times as well. Rachel and Sheila were, like, her closest friends. So the last people that they assumed that knew where Skylar was going and what she was doing. So they were questioned all of the time. And, side note, that never made it onto her Twitter either. She never posted anything about... That she was questioned? Mm-hmm. That was like, if you looked at her online presence and Twitter, it's like it never happened. Which is interesting because if she's fishing for that attention, which I'm assuming she is, yeah, mm-hmm. off of what she's saying, that would be like the first like, OMG, just got done talking to Officer Colbank or whatever, yeah. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that it was like it never happened in her life. Hmm. Nothing at all. So they did learn from questioning Rachel and Sheila that Skylar had snuck out to spend time with them but they told police you know they hung out for a couple of hours smoked some pot and then took her home and Skylar requested being dropped off at the end of the block so that the car wouldn't wake up her parents when she tried to sneak back in so the girls didn't know if she made it back to her house or not they stopped at the end of the block and Skylar headed for the house so they admit that that was them picking her up at midnight yes okay mm-hmm. yep so the car there we find out is Sheila's mm-hmm. okay So the case slows down. You know, they're questioning the same people. Stories aren't changing. They're just waiting. But again, they refuse to let this case kind of die like some some departments can accidentally happen. And also, I think a good reason why this case didn't die is it's a small town. Yeah. So there wasn't something to overlap Skylar. Like Skylar was the focus this entire time. And there's actually a part in the five years after video where the um, police sergeant or was it the chief? It was one of those. He um, was talking about Officer Colbanks and said that she actually kept investigating on her days off. So, like, she literally did not take a break from this case. She was so invested in making this one stoplight town feel safe again. Oh. And she just wanted to know what happened. So she was doing stuff on her day off, like, frequently. So she's the best, is what you're saying? She is the best. Oh, my gosh, yeah. She did an interview, and she's just this, like, cute little cute little thing who (laughs) just really wanted justice and i freaking love her for it yeah she's the best of course it's a woman yes of course yeah i mean you know just throwing that out there friends girl cops sometimes are what we need for justice yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) so police finally found something that kind of got the case rolling again so they had another interview with sheila and they admitted, and there's uh, Sheila and Rachel, I apologize, and they, uh, their story changed finally. 
Oh, ding, ding, ding. Mm-hmm. They said they, again, they drove around town and were smoking pot, and they ended up going into Morgantown, which is nine minutes away, and police found surveillance video from a gas station, now that they knew it was Sheila's car and all of that stuff, um, right off the interstate, and Morgantown was east from where they were. Oh. They went west. <laughs> okay. So they went to Blacksville, West Virginia, which was actually 24 minutes away from this town. Okay. And they went they went west. So Rachel claims Skylar asked that they take her to Blacksville. And conveniently, Blacksville is the town that the bank robbery happened in. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So the police are like, well, we don't know what to do with this. And they the, in the documentary, they never talked about what happened of the humans that robbed the bank. It just kind of was a... A footnote, and it for a while seemed like people were trying to claim that Skylar was a part of it somehow. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So it was just kind of like, it's kind of like these stories kept like intertwining a little bit, but there was never any solid proof that they were actually together. Small town stuff. Exactly. Gossip. Gossip. So during this, what cops find a lot of the time is a guilty conscience can definitely fuck with a suspect. Yeah. Rachel started acting out and getting into trouble more than she was yes so it was no longer teenage bullshit oh you know smoking pot things like that um so in the winter of 2012 rachel's parents had to call 911 because she had been physically assaulting them oh and she wouldn't stop oh my goodness okay yeah so in the documentary you hear the 911 call and you hear rachel's mom just saying she won't stop someone needs to come get her we can't calm her down she won't stop my husband's trying to stop her and, you know, hold her down. And you just hear Rachel screaming like a hell banshee, just <sighs> freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, it's chilling, like gave me goose pimples. So the police came and took her to a, a mental care facility. And after a few days, Rachel requested a meeting with the police. Okay. So the police are like, all right, we got to ask certain questions. So, so where the police were right now, because, you know, we're hearing a lot of rumors bank robbery ran away to california what the fuck's going on so the police honestly believed that skylar od'd they believed that story oh okay and they felt like students were covering their tracks because they were scared of getting in trouble police felt that students were like they had hidden her body somewhere they feel like there was something going on at this party everyone freaked out because skylar od'd and they were they were looking for her okay i mean it makes sense because if all these kids are saying that but there's no body to prove it, and Skylar's missing. I mean, logically, it makes sense. Yeah, so that's the trail that they went down. Okay. So the, the police were trying to decide what questions to ask Rachel that she would ask actually answer. So this is literally how it went. I wrote, I transcribed the, the verbiage okay. from, like, the cop. I'll be quiet. So he, that's okay, you're fine. <laughs> so she, the police officer asked Rachel if Skylar had OD'd. Rachel looked the cop in the eye, folded her hands, and said, we stabbed her. Oh. (laughs) You did what the cop did internally. (laughs) Oh. Oh, my. Okay. (laughs) That escalated quickly. How, like, how in this cop, stone-faced, just sat there and said, oh, how? Like, I know they go through training and they learn how to do that. Right. But I would have, like, involuntarily, like, my body would have flung back. I would have been like, what the f*** are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) 
what yeah or i'd be like uh just hold on a second then i'd like go in the other room and like scream into a pillow yeah i mean these police clearly thought they had an overdose on their hands and just a hidden body and then it's a murder yeah holy shit we stabbed her Ugh. yeah straight face oh she was terrifying and then she began to tell police what happened so the guilt got to her is pretty much what it seems like to me rachel and sheila had planned killing skylar for months that night, they packed Sheila's car with a shovel, clean clothes, cleaning supplies, and then Sheila brought a couple of knives. The girls drove to Wayne Township, Pennsylvania, which is about two hours away, found a place to pull off of the road, um, and it seemed like a wooded area because they actually um, showed it in the documentary, and it seemed kind of almost like a pull-off, but there was like a wooded... It, it reminds me of like Estes, how you can kind of pull off and oh, okay. be in the woods. And they sat around and were going to smoke pot, and then the girls told Skylar that they had forgotten their lighter, so she offered to go back to the car and grab hers. And with when her back was turned, Rachel looked at Sheila and said, on three. <gasps> the tweet. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like how I left that one just hanging out there. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's terrifying. Okay, yeah. on three. <sighs> one, two, three. The girls attacked Skylar. She fought hard and began trying to disarm the girls. She was actually able to get the knife away from Rachel and cut her on her knee. Sheila continued to stab her and didn't stop until Skylar's neck stopped making gurgling sounds. Oh. So, I mean, maybe throw trigger ahead, but trigger warning all the time. Yeah. It was about 50 stab wounds that she had experienced. Oh, my goodness. And there were defensive wounds in these stab wounds. So Skylar oh. fought hard to survive. Uh, when uh, asked, Rachel said her... Skylar's last words were why. Yeah. Mm -hmm. These are her girlfriends, like her best friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sheila and Rachel's plan was to dig a grave. That's why they brought the shovel. But where they pulled off was actually near like a creek or a ravine. And it was too rocky and too hard to shovel. So instead, they put rocks on top of her body and covered <sighs> her with tree branches. They disposed of their bloody clothing in the creek or ravine. And I actually didn't find if those were ever found. Um, and then they went home like nothing happened. That's terrifying. Police asked Rachel why they chose July 5th, since she admitted to uh, that the girls had planned it for a while. And she said she wanted to get it done before church camp. Ew. Yeah. She wanted to get it done before she had to go to church camp. Oh, that gives me all the wrong feelings. Yep. I don't like that. Okay. Mm -mm. Police obviously asked Rachel why, and she couldn't give them an answer. She kept saying, I don't know. We just didn't like her anymore. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yep. So didn't like her anymore. That's why. And then Rachel did take police to where Skylar's remains were. Now, police did something next that I don't know how I feel about. I get why, but also I, I see the other side. Um, police decided to keep the confession from Skylar's parents. So they had only told them that they had found remains. Why? So it works out in the end that they, I think it's because it was a small town. And if they had Rachel and Sheila had no idea that Rachel had flipped. So I think they did it so that Sheila wouldn't have any inkling that something was happening. Okay. I, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. 
but it still it, it pissed off Skylar's parents when they found out. They yeah. like there I watched a couple of like just short two minute interviews and her dad was very vocal about how he didn't appreciate not being included in what was going on. Well, what was the point of being like, we found Skylar's body, but then like I understand you don't want it to get out, but like shouldn't you have just kept it secret until you had custody of her body altogether. I just yeah. So and well, that's the bummer too. So they said we found remains at this creek, and they hadn't even gotten the back that it, they were Skylers. Yeah. See, I that's stupid. Yeah. That's stupid. But that's small town bullshit. That they yeah. probably were just excited and okay. Well, and I'm sure they wanted to just give the parents something, right? The parents have been actively involved in this. They probably just wanted to give them some sort of information because it had been stale for like six months. Yeah, I guess that's true. So police requested a warrant for Sheila's car and found DNA in the trunk. The DNA was found to be Skylar's. It's kind of interesting how they worked it out, too. They had Rachel go in for a plea, and she pled guilty. Okay. And then they went and picked up Sheila. So I think they needed Rachel's confession to even arrest Sheila. Well, yeah. So it was literally like guilty, and then a cop talks about hauling ass to go pick up Sheila that day. That makes sense, because if it's Sheila's car that has the DNA, and if... Oh, no, no. Whose car was it? It was Sheila's car, yeah. And Sheila's the one that wasn't in... Oh, see, that would that should be enough, yeah? So, yeah, so that's the weird part. Like, they got the, the warrant ahead of time, and then they waited on the information, and then once Rachel pled guilty, then they went and got Sheila. So maybe they were just trying to cross all their T's and dot all their I's. Hmm. And in Rachel's plea deal, the, it was that she had to, you know, go on the stand against Sheila. So maybe they, they wanted that lockdown one million percent before they picked her up. Okay. Who knows? We're not cops. <laughs> yeah. <Mm-mm>, no, <laughs> that part I don't I don't understand. <laughs> After the girls were arrested, they find the police finally told Dave and Mary the entire story. And of course, Dave and Mary are pissed. These girls are coming over to their house. They're calling them mom and dad. They're upset. Like Mary said, a coping mechanism that she had in her grief was trying to make the girls feel better, Ugh. because if she could make the girls feel better, then she felt better. For doing something. I was thinking before you even said that they did it, and you said that they kept coming over and kept coming in and were a part of the search parties and were all this, all I could think of was it it was just feeding that freaking need to be involved. It was. It was. So they go through the court case. Um, It's very upsetting for Skylar's parents. Rachel and Sheila still stick to we didn't like her anymore. Um, which was very upsetting for, I mean, for anyone, but for her parents especially. They were like, then stop seeing her. Right. Why did you have to take her from us? Because you were done being her friend. Just tell her to fuck off. Like, mm-hmm. plenty of people did that to us in high school. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, <laughs> so we did. Yeah. <laughs> like, we told people too. It was a very yeah. even street. Yeah, 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 yeah. That just is crazy. Yeah. Ugh. So Rachel pled guilty to second degree murder. Um, with 30 years, and she's actually eligible for parole in 2023. Oh, gross. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheila was charged with first-degree murder, um, and I think where they got this is Rachel said her her knife was taken from her. Um, so Sheila was still stabbing. Rachel got de-armed, and also the knives were Sheila's. So I think, and also, you know, the plea deal, Rachel came forward so i think that's why she got a lower sentence yeah mm -hmm. yeah she got a deal she did 
So Sheila was charged with first degree murder with life in prison, but she is eligible for parole in 2028. Yeah. In the documentary, I think the, it made me laugh and it's probably morbid that it made me laugh. The, (laughs) the girls, um, were given the opportunity to speak to Skylar's family, like most cases allow. Sheila's lawyer read something. Mm. So her gross yeah yeah rachel however read something herself dave and mary believe that her lawyer wrote this and she just read it and they believe she was a very good actor if you are interested in looking up i one million percent recommend looking it up it's i'm going to it's very interesting so rachel got up and apologized to guyler's family she apologized to her family. She apologized to the community, and she apologized to her Lord and Savior Jesus Christ for Ew. not representing who she should be as a person. Gross. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then, Skylar's parents had the opportunity to stand up and speak as well. They didn't really talk much about what they said at Sheila's, but they did talk about Rachel's. And Dave got up for the two of them. And said that Rachel can sit on her apology because he doesn't believe it's true. So he pretty much told her to shove it up her ass, which I think is fabulous. Fuck of Rachel. Fuck of Rachel. So Dave's a badass, pretty much. Yeah. I would love to just tell someone to sit on something. Like, I think that is that is the most polite way in court, because obviously, like, there are rules when it comes to those statements. The judge will shut it down if people get belligerent. And that is the best way <laughs> to just tell someone to fuck up. Like, yeah, fuck up, seriously. Yeah. No way, shape, or form. And like, they're, they're mad, um, obviously. Yeah. And mostly they're mad because Mary brought it up in the five years after video that she's mad that she was so concerned with making them feel better. Oh, yeah, they played them. They mm-hmm. played them fucking hard, yeah. Yeah. So I just think that Dave got the final word and i think that they're actively going to go to parole hearings unfortunately i i hate i'm on the fence i get it they were they were younger when this happened like the case should be evaluated and with intense therapy and things like that maybe 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 someone can change maybe it'd take a lot of work on yourself to not be a piece of shit. premeditated murder it's hard to rehabilitize. I know, but they're 16. We did stupid shit when we were 16. Andy, I, we didn't we did murder and fucking <laughs> stab someone when we were 16. I know, but I'm I'm devil's advocate. I get why the law allows it because sometimes people can make those changes, right? Yeah. Rare. It's rare. I get it. It's rare. And they should do their time. I'm not saying that they should walk out with a slap on the wrist and call it good so they can go murder other people. But on the other side, these people, these girls are cold-blooded murderers who premeditated murder, like you said. And Skylar's parents are now going to have to go to every single fucking parole meeting and advocate for why their daughter's murder should still be locked up. Like, I, in this case... It was premeditated and horrible and bad. In this case, I I don't think they should be let out. You're right. It was premeditated murder. People do stupid shit when they're 16, but not everyone murders someone because they're tired of spending time with them. 
So, but it sucks. But, but I get why we have parole and I get why we have options because there are some people in jail who can change and who can make their life better. Do I think those people are murderers? No. Most of those people are people who got arrested for, you know, drug and other shit that, you know, might not be applicable to our laws today. Mm-hmm. Right. But then there's that look at, like, they were, it's murder. I get it. But, like, I also, they, they were kids. Like, I don't know. What do you think? I'm I'm on the fence. You're I know you're more you're more of the hammer. <laughs> the fucking hammer here. Um no, like for me it was premeditated. They thought this through. They picked a date so that they wouldn't miss church camp. Like that's weird. Yeah. Uh, and maybe if the apology statement had been a little bit more like endearing, mm-hmm. like Sheila's the lawyer not just reading it off a of paper and I mean, obviously, I wasn't there to watch to watch the statement. But if Skylar's parents felt like Rachel was just feeding them bullshit, mm-hmm. then she probably was. Yeah. And it's calculated they were involved in their lives. They kept putting themselves in their lives. It's all calculated. Mm-hmm. The tweet. It's it's just their freaking elbows. Their elbows. <laughs> the spray tan on my elbows. And like you said, if they, if they were in for like petty weed like you know marijuana petty theft like little shit like that Mm -hmm. yes they deserve to be rehabilitated maybe even the fuckers that robbed the bank unless it was like at gunpoint like Mm -hmm. you know they they should have that chance but like these girls i don't i'm i don't like it i don't like them Mm -mm. no not at all so yep so we'll have a parole situation in a couple of years where i'm sure it'll be publicized and we'll see what rachel gets um and I guess same with Sheila five years later. So there are some positive things. Oh, but before I forget, um, the last tweet that Sheila ever tweeted about Skylar was when they found her remains. Okay. And announced that the remains were Skylar's and they did it publicly on the news and everything. Sheila posted, rest easy, Skylar. You'll always be my best friend. I miss you more than you could ever know. Ew. Yeah. No, bitch. That was, yeah, that was gross. So I... It's all calculated. I mean, really, it's just so... Yeah. She, like, thought everything through, which is terrifying. I mean, she's three years younger Mm -hmm. than us, and it just... Ugh. Yeah. So I think in this case, I don't know, I think parole and rehabilitation, it's all situational. It has to be looked at that way. There's no... There's no way to, like... It's not cut and dry for every case. No. And you can't, and it's, I can't imagine the people who are lawmakers who are trying to make it go across the board and then they have special situations pop up and they have to change it. For these girls, they shouldn't be let out. No. There should be no parole. I know Rachel cut a plea deal and they needed that to get Sheila, but I, 30 years isn't enough. Like, is that what like Skylar's life was worth? No. You know, like, yeah, it was, it was barely double her life. Yeah. That's, yeah. So, if Rachel has to do her full time, she'll be like 46 when she gets out. Which is still early as fuck. You can do a lot yeah. of shit at 46. Yeah. You can. So there are some positive things because we went down the negative trail a little bit there. Yeah. Skylar's parents built a memorial garden in the spot where Skylar's remains were found. And it's super cute. They've got benches and they've got little rocks in a circle and like a little um, like gravestone for her there. They even got those, um, they're for trees where you can like put faces on trees and there's a tree like right behind. It's really cute. You're looking at me like it's weird. (laughs) 
It sounds weird. <laughs> no, it's just like it's like a little smiley face, and you can put it on the trunk of the tree, so the like tree trunk is smiling. No, okay. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm picturing they're, in they're, my head. No, they're cute. It's like okay. a Mr. Potato Head for tree trunks. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I'm picture. I yeah. okay, okay. Not like a Halloween decoration. Like they have like cute. I was ones. just thinking of like a face. I I don't. I was really lost, but that makes more sense. Okay. No. Yeah, they're very popular in the fairy garden world, which I don't have, but I do think are adorable and look up on Pinterest every once in a while. Okay, okay. Uh-huh. I'm on I'm I'm running with you now. I got it. Okay. <laughs> so they they made this a memorial spot and they actually, after the girls were sentenced, had a memorial meeting um with all of Skylar's close friends and family and they just reminisced about how great she was. That's good. Yeah. They also um, led a change in West Virginia law. Um, Her parents did. It's called Skylar's Law, and it made it so that there will always be an an Amber Alert set out. So there are four certain, like, criteria that have to be met to call it an Amber Alert. And I looked them up, and I forgot to write them down, but it was, like, under the age of 18, um, been missing for, you know, 24 hours, and, like, two other things, like, sign a break-in, things like that. And it was really more pointed towards signs of a kidnapping. So instead, in West Virginia, the law has been passed that an Amber Alert needs to be given whenever a child is missing, whether it is a runaway or there's signs of kidnapping. And I mean, the, her parents said in her case, it the 24 hours wasn't make or break, but they didn't know that at the time. Right. And this law is more for the what ifs in the future. That's really good. Mm-hmm. And they're actually working on making this a federal oh. federal legislature because the that's really good. governor of West Virginia passed it for the entire state. Okay, that's really good. Yeah, so super good. So what you talked about in the beginning, they're needing to be a change, things like yeah. that. Luckily, these guys, I mean, they're just the most incredible parents. I loved watching interviews with them. They just, they loved their daughter so very much. And they were just really big advocates for making it, you know, better. And amazingly, they are still together. Skylar was their only child. They had no other children. So uh, just they fell into each other, which is like Mm -hmm. what you hope your marriage will do when you come to hard times. Yeah. And I just think they're the epitome of amazing people. I mean, I found Mary's Facebook. I was like a full on creep this afternoon. Like... (laughs) I watched probably two documentaries and that took me like an hour, but I like went through social media for like three hours. Went the creep. (laughs) Did you request her? No, I wanted to be respectful, but she does have a ton of followers. Like uh, people like all over are, you know, part of her world. Oh, that's really cool. And like, she's just an advocate for everything. She posts a bunch of things about missing children all over the nation. It, It wasn't specifically for West Virginia. She shared posts about missing children. She was an advocate for COVID and called people who didn't believe co- in COVID idiots. Like, I, she was a woman after my own heart. She's our type of girl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she is super great. And they're just both great advocates. And at the five years later, you know, you could tell they were still hurt. They were still upset. Every time Sheila or Rachel got brought up, they both rolled their eyes. I thought their eyes were going to pop out of their head. And then they were like, those bitches. Like, they literally were talking shit. Hardcore. They had to bleep them multiple times. Well, I mean, they murdered. The they murdered their baby. Yeah, but I love it because you don't you don't see that side always. You know, like when parents do interviews and stuff, like they're sad and they're upset 
and all of that. But I love like, yeah, yeah. just call the bitches out. Just tell them to fuck up and call it a day. The last thing in the documentary, which is what fucked me up, Morgan was interviewed and she said, you know, the interviewer brings up their plans for their future and what they had talked about. And she said, yeah, it sucks. They didn't just take away a bride. They took away someone's bridesmaid. And that just like sent me. I got goosebumps. Like, I cried for like 10 minutes. <laughs> and I think it's just, you know, like Craig and I have, only, you know, only been mar- married for like two years. So like that is still an yeah. active memory. Like you were my bridesmaid. And I just, yeah, it's just crazy. I've never thought of someone yeah. that way. You know what I mean? Like, we can cut this out, but even when you were sick, like, I didn't think that if if things went the other way. If I had died, yeah, right. Yeah, that that would have been taken, those memories would have been taken from me, you know? So, like... It's terrible. For Morgan, just to... And she's she's so smart. She's such a smart, and she's beautiful. You guys gotta look up Morgan. She's gorgeous. So is Skylar. Like, gorgeous girls. Um, But yeah, I mean... You don't think about people in that way. You know, that was clearly what they talked about. Oh, of course. Yeah. For her to say that they clearly talked about being in each other's weddings, you know, and and it took a it took that opportunity away from Morgan as well. Morgan couldn't be in her best friend's wedding when the time came. That's terrible. So, you know, everyone's this small town's very resilient and everyone's chugging along and they're making the best of their situation. And I just... I feel so bad for them that they are going to have to relive this in a couple of years. Yeah, I hope that they don't get out, but I'm heartless, so. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think I'm on the fence because you never know. I think my brain takes me that way because I'm like, well, what if? For this case specifically, no, those bitches should stay in jail and that's where they should be. Because like you said, it was premeditated. It was planned. They picked a date. I just, I, I can't say that I'm wholeheartedly for something 1 million percent of the time because of there course. are always those situations. Yeah. And maybe that's what I'm trying to articulate is right now it's, I believe they should sit and rot and gather yeah, some people that change, but sometimes those changes need to stay in prison. Yeah. If we want to give them privileges, they can work commissary. There, there's your privilege. Yeah. You can be on laundry duty. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's the very sad story of Skylar Niece. Um, my sister-in-law pointed out to me that I do a lot of stories with dead children in them, and I think I need to evaluate that. It's so funny. <laughs> I was just, I was thinking that when you were wrapping up, I was like, man, Amber gives all the, the child murderers. I, I know. <laughs> like, I think I made, like, I remember making Mary, Dale, Mary Bell this, like, big deal of, like, oh, child murderer, and then I found this case, and I was like... Well, <laughs> but there is something super creepy about yes. a, a young adult, I mean, a teenager making these decisions and doing these very graphic things. I mean, the, it is it's, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think I'll give you it. the social media thing because I'm nosy as fuck. I admit that yeah. one million percent. I'm a nosy Betty. And that part where I could like look back at at um, Sheila's Twitter that's crazy. Yeah. And Skylar's. And, you know, and it, just that it's crazy, you know, like she didn't know that was her last tweet. And it's so trippy to to know that. I know. I wonder who she was talking about. And so and in this, I didn't really point it out a lot because I wanted to leave it kind of a, a cliffhanger and be surprised. You know, I tried to make it like we didn't know who did what. Yeah. 
they in the documentary they they did say like Skylar had spoken to other friends saying like Sheila and Rachel were being mean to her. Oh. So so there was a little bit of like they would ditch her and only hang out with each other. They there was something where Rachel and Sheila would match like clothes and not tell Skylar so then she'd be the odd man out. So they were being oh, mean girls. They were. So and then there's also I guess I can throw in we never got the why. Yeah. So one of the rumors, and this was not in the Dateline thing. This is something that I just found in a random short clip. I don't know if I believe it because it was not brought up with the police officers or anything like that. People claimed that Sheila and Rachel were romantic partners. And one night, Sheila and uh, Rachel were hooking up. And Skylar was also spending the night. And they ignored the fact that Skylar woke up and continued to hook up while she was kind of in the room with them at their sleepover. And it's claimed that Skylar had threatened to tell their secret. I didn't find any proof of this. I, I didn't find anything on Skylar's Twitter about like, you know, passive aggressively talking about a secret. Nothing. So I don't, I don't know. I didn't find anything on Sheila's Twitter about I mean, I think the only thing I found is she tweeted about how Megan Fox was hot. Like, that was that was it. She is hot. Which, agree. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she's got weird thumbs, but agree. <laughs> have you heard, speaking of Megan Fox, have you heard that conspiracy that she's like a 200-year-old witch and like sucks the life out of her partners and that's why she looks the same? Have you heard that? No, but I 1 million percent support that. I know. Well, she's gorgeous and like Machine Gun Kelly. She's like Gun a black Kelly, widow. Yeah. Like, Machine Gun Kelly looks like he does heroin on the reg and i don't think he does like he's so gaunt and skinny it's her sucking yeah that's what people are saying (laughs) i love that sorry that's okay we can stay on megan fox for a minute i once (laughs) i had a hairdresser once tell me i looked like her and i was like you are full of shit but i appreciate the confidence boost I don't. You're beautiful. She's oh, beautiful. Thank you. You, you can, you can well, do it. Yeah. I don't think I look anything like her, but I, I took that and walked a little taller that day. <laughs> well, you're not a 200-year-old witch who sucks the lives out of your partner, so, you know, you got to give yourself I know. I got to give myself some time. I'm sure I'll, uh, I'll find my coven here <laughs> soon. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, here we are. Skylar. There was no proof that these girls, I mean, and yeah. it's, it's, I'm, you know, a sleuth looking at their social media. It doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean it's right or it's wrong, but it was not brought up at all in the Dateline documentary at all. Actually, what was really interesting is it was the Dateline with the name of the series that they do. And then it said like lesbian love story gone wrong. And then they never brought up this story. Oh. And I was like, what the? What the fuck? So obviously that was the angle they were going to take and then it maybe it got cut out. I don't know. So that's what I didn't even know that that was a rumor. And then I saw like the lesbian thing and I was like, there was no talk of any of that. And so that's where I found that little clip of someone saying Mm. like that was one of the rumors. And it wasn't even a Dateline clip. It was like a clip from a YouTuber talking about it. Interesting. So that is one of the rumors as to why. I think it's really hard for people to just accept there wasn't a reason. Exactly. Because they didn't like her and they decided they were done with her is being a reason. Also, it's a small town, Gossip Central, who knows? Yeah. Based on everything that I've researched, I just couldn't believe that Skylar would be that malicious and threaten to hold a secret over two people. Yeah. You know, and I mean, I didn't know them, clearly. 
Right. I don't know. Like, I think you just nailed it. Like, we as humans need a reason. We need to understand, mm-hmm. like, why this occurred. And when there's no reason, it's like, we can't, like, just accept it. We need to know why they, you know, did what they did. But. Yeah. Well, I mean, we need an ending. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. It's so hard. It's so hard to wrap your brain around. Someone could just decide to kill their best friend because they want to. I'll never stab you. I promise. Thank you. I won't. I won't stab you either. <laughs> Pinky promise. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Holy that's shit. our story. Um, I promise to avoid the children oh. <laughs> stories for a little bit. I don't. I don't know what it is. I just think it's so interesting. I think kids are so painted so innocently and. It's it's creepy to have one that's not. Yeah, I don't know. It is. It's a game changer. It's like kids in a horror movie. Yeah, it's just weird. Um, clearly, that's my niche, though. Um, I didn't think I had one when we started this podcast. You're the kid murderers, <laughs> huh? <I've>, yeah. <laughs> clearly, that is that's my go-to. <laughs> like you said, it is interesting. It causes for good uh, conversations. So yeah, I've done like three of them. So. <laughs> I'm like, this one's going to be different. I'm going to shake it up. And then I research and I'm like, I'm literally doing the same shit. Teenage murder. Social media. <laughs> I know. It was great. Good job. I, Thank yeah, I'm you. sure that was hard doing the deep dive, looking at social medias. I'm sure that was um, tedious. Yes. So um, good job. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Now, do you have a clue for us for next week? I do have a clue. Noise. I do. I do. Noise. Okay, so the clue for next week is just because you recognize the sound doesn't mean that it is what you think it is. What? (laughs) One more time. One more time. (laughs) What's that song? Is that how it goes? (laughs) Is it, I want to say Yeah, that one. (laughs) Okay. Like, part of me wants to keep that in. Part of me wants to cut it out. We'll see. Keep (laughs) it. Okay. One more time. Uh, (laughs) Just because you recognize the sound doesn't mean that it is what you think it is. There are a lot of sounds. (laughs) That's a sound. There's a sound. See, I'm just making sounds. You'll learn next week. Oh, God. Well, okay, friends. So we've got another clue. Please post on our social media what you think it is because we love reading Wendy's, but I'm sure Wendy would like to communicate with other people <laughs> about, you know, some trails. Yeah, and we want to know your thought process mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. And yep, don't forget uh, to uh, subscribe wherever you're listening. If you're on Apple Podcasts, we'd love, 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 love if you gave a little um, five-star review. And uh, it really helps us move forward and makes our episodes more available to new listeners. So, mm-hmm. yep. And we have Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and we do have a Twitter. We have a Twitter. That's true. I just never, I'm never on it. Oh. I barely use my Twitter, so I am using it more actively to look up murderers in their tweets. But other than that, not so much. Yeah. So, so honestly, if you follow our Twitter, thank you, but you're probably not going to see much. <laughs> Wouldn't it be weird if we freaking tweeted something from this case like they tweeted? <gasps> and we went viral and then people were like, whoa, what are those Grim Misties doing? 
What's the gruesome twosome up to? I still have stuck with that nickname. That has not left me. I do like the gruesome twosome. All right, friends. Well, now we talk to you about our Instagram and our Twitter and leaving us a review. We've crossed all our T's and dotted all of our I's. You know the clue. And I think we're... That's yeah, it. We'll see you next week. <laughs> yeah, here we are. All right, we're at the end. It's because we're ending so much earlier than we normally do. It is. <laughs> it's throwing this me was, off. This was short, yeah. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. The Grim Mystics was written and produced by Amber Scribbick and Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics episodes are edited by Leslie Gregg. The Grim Mystics theme song was written and produced by Bear and Abby Golden. Cover art was done by Leah Taylor. You can find us on Instagram at The Grim Mystics. You can also follow The Grim Mystics on Facebook at The Grim Mystics.